Well, this is where we should do the podcast each and every time out. We're sitting in the stands at Budweiser Gardens day before the season opener and home opener as the London Knights practice. Mike Stubbs, Kyle Grimard, and Jim Van Horn. We are now getting about as close as we can get to opening night. Jim Van Horn, you've seen a few opening nights. Does everyone feel just as electric as the last? It's true. It never gets old. That old feeling of back to school. We've got our Laurentian pencil crayons, a new geometry set that we never use. But it's just that feeling in your stomach of energy, a little nervousness, but the feeling of a new season, a new group of players. It's its just uh, that constant optimism that is just part of uh, rhythm of life. Kyle, when you look at the expectations for the London Knights, the acquisition of Michael Simpson obviously brings experience in net. What do you get in terms of maybe a vibe from the players, the coaches, in talking with them and just seeing them interact and get ready to go? It's almost a sense of endearment from the team, knowing that the coaching and general manager went out and acquired a guy who they saw in the OHL Finals last year and a guy who has been in the Memorial Cup, a guy who has leaned on heavily in Peterborough, and then a hometown guy too who knows that he wants to come here. It's his overage year. And you just get a sense of clarity of this is our guy. This is our team. We have the majority of last year's team coming back as well. And it's go time. We talked to, I believe it was Jacob Julian and Oliver Bonk. And both of them were very clear on what their expectations were. But didn't say exactly what the goal was. Because I think they're trying to keep that on the low. Because they have their focus. They're, they're, they're expecting to go far. But they're making sure they keep themselves in check. Because... Anything can happen in this league. We watched the Windsor Spitfires last year get swept in the first round by the Kitchener Rangers. It could very easily happen again, and I think they're just going in saying, we're going to play our game, we know what we are, and we're going to make sure we do everything we can to get there. We know it's a long season, Jim. 68 games in the regular season. By the time you add in playoffs, if you go a long way, you're well over 80 into 90. The Knights have had, I think, 95 game seasons in the past. So how important is that to not get too far ahead and think, oh, well, we got to the OHL Championship Series last year. Let's just get back there. The road's a little more crowded than that. Well, exactly, and uh, that's the one thing that Knights fans can be the most comfortable with about this organization. Expectation uh, doesn't weigh too heavily on their shoulders. They know that it's day by day, and no organization that I've ever, I've ever sort of been familiar with, maybe the Kilray Ottawa teams, were ever so comfortable with expectation. No big deal, like because they know that the system works and that it's tried and true, and uh, the record shows it, and that if you take care of the everyday, the outcome will be fit mostly favorable, oftentimes favorable, but they know that whatever the outcome will be is based on what you do today in your preparation. Uh, you come in here... Oh, they always say, be a good teammate and be coachable. That's pretty much, that, that's beyond time. Those are the rules around here. And so uh, those are pretty simple rules. The rest will take care of itself. So I think the team knows that they're good, uh, but that the ultimate prize will be determined by the effort they put in every day. That's it. And that all begins against the Niagara Ice Dogs. We've got our Central Division preview coming up in just a little bit. You've heard Kyle mention Michael Simpson. 
He is back in his hometown, and we had a chance to welcome him back to London, bringing with him last year's experience in the Memorial Cup, playoff MVP on his resume, but he's ready to go as an overager, as a London Knight. It was just a whirlwind of emotions. I think, you know, hearing you got traded, and especially to London, it's obviously... It's, you know, it's my hometown, but it's, it's a pretty, it's like the Mecca of junior hockey, I guess some people could say. So it was uh, like a lot of excitement and I just really couldn't get, couldn't wait to like get to the room, meet the guys and, you know, get on the ice. So let's say that last year, the Peterborough Peets had played against Sarnia, Kitchener, Guelph, somebody that wasn't the London Knights in the final. Would that make this any easier a transition? The fact that you're you're coming into a room where there's a lot of guys who played on the team that went head to head with you and the Peterborough Peets last spring for an OHL championship. That's that's got to be strange. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a little weird, especially like I mean, uh, I've gotten to know some of the guys just over uh, training in the summer. Or, you know, kind of knowing guys who know, who like introduce you, but. It's a little weird, I guess, walking walking into this rink and kind of being on the home side this time instead of instead of in the away rooms. But uh, you know, I, I'm just super excited for the opportunity to to be here and you know being on a team that's going to compete for an OHL championship this season. Playing at Budweiser Gardens in the OHL with the Peets is one thing. Did you ever play at Budweiser Gardens with the Junior Knights? Uh, I think like maybe one or two times in like the Junior Knights tournament. We just got like you get like the one game, so. I mean, there wasn't 10,000 people there, but uh, but I guess I've, I've played in a semi-Knights uniform uh, at the Bud before. All right. Well, that'll uh, that'll become a real London Knights uniform very, very soon. We're talking with Michael Simpson of the London Knights. Michael, how about going to Pittsburgh Penguins training camp? You had a chance to do that, to be on the ice with... Players who, you know, have had these long, illustrious careers in the game of hockey, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. What was the experience like for you? It was pretty cool. Like, obviously, you know, just the names you list off, they're, you know, they're probably going to be Hall of Famers one day. So to be on the, the same ice as them after you kind of, you've been watching them on TV and, uh, you know, I was never really a big Penguins fan growing up, but uh, being on the ice with them, it's like, you're like, wow, like you're kind of blown away with their skill and, um, you know, kind of the way they handle themselves off the ice. So it was a great learning uh, experience for me, but, you know, to be on the ice and, you know, try and try and save their shots was, was pretty cool as well. Any save you're going to remember off any particular stick or is it still feeling like a blur? Uh, still a bit of a blur. Like, uh, like there was a two on one in one of the practices and Crosby got like a backdoor pass. And I made like a nice blocker save where I kind of was like stretched out and made the save. And I remember he was kind of, he was laughing and kind of, we were talking a bit about it after, but, um, I think that's kind of one that that'll be hard to forget. That's amazing. All right. One last thing. And that is going as far as you did last year, winning a championship playing in the Memorial cup. What do you think you learned from that experience? I think a lot of it was just kind of the way to process the game. And, you know, when you're playing every day or every other day, you kind of, you got to mature a bit, I think, and, you know, have find good ways to recover and prepare every day to be able to play at your best. And so I think kind of that maturity that it taught me to uh, be able to handle those situations and those high pressure moments and, you know, try and stay calm. I think that's going to be something that I'm going to try and bring to the team this year, obviously. And then um, I think just going through, 
the ups and downs of the playoffs last year and even in the Memorial Cup. I mean, we, we started 0-2 and then, you know, we had a chance to, to move on to the finals in the semifinal game. So I think just kind of bringing that leadership and, um, you know, some of the stuff that I, I got to learn last year uh, to this group, I think is going to be uh, is what I'm going to try and do. Michael, welcome back to London. Enjoy this. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Michael Simpson of the London Knights. He used to be Michael Simpson of the London Junior Knights. Now he's Michael Simpson of the London Knights. And that save on Sidney Crosby still echoing around in his mind, which is awfully nice. So great experience over the summer. As far as players coming back, we've seen great performances by... Jackson Edward and Casper Haltonen and Isaiah George and Denver Barking Oliver Bonk and Jacob Julian and Easton Cowan with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's hard to create a buzz in Toronto when you've got a team as deep as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Easton Cowan has been doing that. So now we wait to see which players wind up back in the lineup for the London Knights. Max McHugh has been back all week. Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk have been back. Jacob Julian is back. And then we wait to see on what else happens the rest of the way. Looks like Isaiah George and Casper Haltonen are a possibility for opening night. And, Kyle, we maybe won't get a complete look at this team for you know, another few games. The Knights have a home-and-home home to begin it against Niagara, but to see what the exact lineup will be requires... NHL teams to make their final decisions. It really does. And, you know, it is nice when younger players like Easton Cowan get a little bit of an extended look at NHL camps. It's great experience for them. But we've mentioned it a bunch of times before. The majority of last year's team has already returned. They're currently here skating at the rink right now. So outside of a couple players, we're going to get a good sense of how some of the lines shape up and maybe a couple players get inserted here and there. But we've mentioned it before. This is the time of year where younger players get their opportunity to make their mark. Last year, one of those players was Sam Dickinson. There were so many defensemen, whether they were at camps or maybe coming back from an injury. Sam Dickinson was playing top four, quote-unquote, minutes and really did an amazing job servicing. He was... He assisted on the first goal for the Knights of last year and really propelled himself into what he is as a player now. So maybe a younger guy steps up and shows what they can do in that time frame. But as uh, as Jim mentioned, this is a tried and true system. Guys know what they have to do coming in here. The coaches are going to put them in, a, in the right situations to succeed. But I don't think that there's going to be any panic or any notion that they don't know what their lineups are going to look like. We've talked to a lot of the guys as well. So... I think just getting a chance to see what potentially could be this team's roster is exciting enough, right? Well, down the middle, it appears to be Denver Barkey, Max McHugh, Jacob Julian. But as we know, you know, guys are in their ice time, Jim, and it helps to have more than just three guys who can take face-offs. How key have we seen face-offs for the London Knights when they have teams that are successful where they rank in that face-off circle think of 2019-2020 the year that didn't finish I think the Knights had four of the top six guys in the league yeah Dale emphasizes that they want that reliable game situation person that's the person who's going to take and win that face-off a little sleeper that I thought in training camp exhibition season was Sam O'Reilly maybe he got a little bit of time at center and I thought he did really well on the face-off dot. And 
that pattern that the Knights have established of uh, seasoning players in the GOJHL, and they contribute in a quicker way because they've been in all those situations. And Dale always loves versatility. If you come, you'll learn all the positions, and you'll get a chance to contribute. Every game situation is different. So I look at a sleeper like Sam O'Reilly to be that guy to come in and be one of those Cowan-type, Bonk-type impacts, uh, maybe even at center. Opening night. Next up for the London Knights. Right now, let's get into our final division preview. The Central Division, the Knights will begin against the Niagara Ice Dogs. We'll hear from Ted Lehman as our fifth team preview. But let's begin with Thomas Mercier in Sudbury, where there is an awful lot of optimism about what the Sudbury Wolves can do, especially offensively. Yeah, there's a lot of hype around this team going into this year. A lot of people saying this is the best Wolves team on paper since, I, I don't know, the last couple of decades. I mean, even the 2017 that the Wolves had going to the OHL final, there, was, there wasn't really that much deep talent. They just went on a Cinderella run. But this year, you look at their roster, and they really do have a great plethora of players. You've got Goyette, Musty, McCallum, Delic, Kanyan, Ferrand. You've got Caden Taylor, who was just drafted. Now you've got really good defense in Nolan Collins, Andre... Andre Anania, Jabril Toure, their goaltending looks great, and Nate Krawchuk and newly drafted uh, Peter Vondros. Th- this is, is a really good-looking team on paper, and there's a lot of hype surrounding the Sudbury Wolves. So there's a lot of expectation on their plate, and I think this is going to be a really fun year for Sudbury. You just listed off a lot of guys who can do damage offensively. Do you expect this team to go and, and be high-powered, or how would you expect them to try and play? They they have to be high power. I think I think the goal, much like every other team in the OHL, is to win the championship. And like I said, there's a lot of expectation on the plate of the Wolves coming into the season. They were swept in the first round at the eventual OHL champion Peterborough Peaks. And a lot of people thought the Wolves would have at least won a few games or have gone as far as the second or third round. And unfortunately, that wasn't to be because of injuries. So I think this team has to be high power. They also need to be physical. I think they have a few guys that can match that intensity with some other teams. The, the biggest issue, of course, last year was goaltending. They had a bit of a carousel when it came to goaltending. So I think they have a bit more of a set duo ready to go for this year. So like I said, there's a lot of expectation on the Wolves plate this year. And I think it's championship or bust at this point because a lot of people have been wanting this team to go on a deep run for a long time because they had the Byfield and Lukanen era and that didn't end very well. So th- this is the year that they have to make some noise for sure. Thomas, one last thing you mentioned, you know, there are a couple of new faces in goal. Certainly anybody else that we should learn the name of on the Sudbury side that may be a star either this year or in the future? Well, obviously, I think one of the names that doesn't get mentioned enough is Coach Adelok. This is a kid that went undrafted yet again in the in the NHL entry draft, and he got another invite to Columbus's camp. And from what I've heard, he really has shown that he's made some really good progress so far. And I don't think a lot of people talk about just how good of a player that he really is. I mean, he finished uh, fourth in team scoring 52 points in just 64 games. So um, he he missed the majority of of the season last year. And this is a kid that I think has a lot to prove. I think he's probably one of the most underrated players on this Wolves roster. So I think that's someone you could keep an eye out for. Same thing, I think, goes for Caden Taylor. Obviously, was the Wolves' first-round pick uh, this past summer from the Mississauga Senators. 
Um, I think this kid's going to be really special. Um, you know, the, apparently the guys already love him. He's already shown really good promise in the preseason. And I think those two players really are going to be really integral parts to this Wolves team going forward. So, like I said, it's a really fun group. It should be interesting to see how everything unfolds and, you know, how the old saying goes, you know, the, the team on paper can be really good, but it's the execution on the ice that really matters. So we'll see what this year's Wolves team has to offer. Absolutely. Thomas, thanks for the time today. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. Thomas Mercier on the Sudbury Wolves, a team to watch this year. This team can roll four lines that can score on you. That's what it feels like. Speaking of teams that maybe we need to take a closer look at, how about the Barry Colts? Gene Pereira has covered them for years and years and years, even well before the Knights and the Colts went seven games in the OHL Championship Series in 2013. Here is Gene Pereira on this year's Barry Colts. Yeah, I think you look at this club and, uh, you know, there's no doubt you see that uh, Cardwell's gone and Evan Veerling and Brant Clark and you think that they're kind of into a heavy rebuild. But uh, when you look at some of the guys that are returning, like Connor Punnett and Bo Gelsman and Jake Frasca, and then you add the big additions like, uh, you know, Riley Patterson, uh, Bodie Stewart, uh, and as well the idea that uh, the hope that Anson Thornton, who just broke his finger in camp with Arizona, uh, is going to uh, be back as well. Uh, there's hopes that maybe the uh, the rebuild is going to have to take a bit of a break here and that the Colts might actually be able to contend uh, among the top teams in the Eastern Conference. You mentioned some of those key players, the returnees. In terms of expectations around the team, are they allowing themselves to have expectations, or is this one of those things where you you kind of let it play a couple of months and see what you have? Yeah, you know, in talking to Marty Williamson, uh, you know, he says, look, we're a young team, but we're a talented team. And, uh, you know, obviously how much we learn in the first half uh, is going to play into just how much a, a big step they can take in that second half of the season. And I think once they... You know, they get a few of these guys uh, a little bit of time, uh, you know, under their belts here in the OHL. You look at a guy like Riley Patterson, who was, you know, the uh, the Canadian Tier 2 player, the uh, Rookie of the Year uh, last year. They feel he can step right in and make an impact. And, and then, of course, you're adding, uh, you know, the first round 20th pick overall from Seattle, uh, Edward Sallé, who they really expect to be a star. So, I mean, there's the belief, yeah, that they can, uh, you know, um, they kind of like the fact that it's going under the radar, but uh, I, I think when you look at the talent on this team, you think, okay, maybe, you know, they're not going to take a step uh, as further back as we thought. Gene, you mentioned Edward Saleh is one of the new faces. Any other new faces we should be ready to keep our eyes on? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned him, Riley Patterson. Uh, you know, again, uh, Bodie Stewart comes over from Saginaw, second year uh, forward that they expect to kind of make that next jump. And not necessarily a new face, but last year, Cole Bodwin, the first-round pick, uh, he really had a big summer. Uh, it looks like he's had kind of a... Uh, a few miles to his uh, to his speed there, and it's made a difference. He's coming off the big Halinka Gretzky tournament where he helped Canada win a gold medal, uh, and then another guy to kind of look for in the back end. And again, and, and a, a guy that didn't see a lot of ice time, but they're expecting to do big things in the back end is Keyshawn Aitchison, who uh, really, when you see him at camp this year, just much more confidence, uh, a big body back there, not afraid to to kind of throw that around and. Uh, uh, he's going to be a big factor for them as well. Gene, looking forward to the season. Thanks so much for talking Colts with us. Thanks, Mike.
Gene Pereira on the Barry Colts in 2023-2024. Let's now turn to North Bay, where we find Courtney Kenny. And Courtney fills us in on the battalion who nearly, nearly met the London Knights last year in the OHL Championship Series, going seven games against the Peterborough Peets. Are they back to try and go a step further? Well, we don't like to revisit that game too much up here. It's uh, it's a little painful for sure. Even game six in Peterborough is a little painful too, but uh, uh, they're doing pretty okay. Um, you know, I've, I've talked with Adam Dennis and Ryan Willahan, general manager and head coach, a couple of times over the summer, and they were slowly getting over it. We're slowly getting over it too, but uh, it definitely is going to fuel the fire a little bit. And um, it would have been an interesting series against London for sure, I think, in that uh, if North Bay had advanced. I, I honestly... I, the Knights are a good team, but I really like North Bay's chances last year. Yeah, if we had a three-team round robin in that series, I, I wonder, because everybody seems to feel pretty comfortable about themselves from those final three teams. Well, now we go into this year. So, Courtney, what are the expectations, do you think, for North Bay this year? I've heard people say, uh, you know, some people have seem to look at this team and call them sellers. I don't think they're a seller. Um, I think if they get off to a good start, you know, they still have pretty much almost the same uh, defensive depth and the same uh, goaltending depth. Of course, when you have the reigning OHL goaltender of the year, Dom DeVincentis, that's going to be tough to uh, say you're a seller when you have him play uh, between the pipes. So um, it might be a little bit interesting. I think that I don't think North Bay might be, I don't think they're going to be, you know, one of the top echelon teams. They might struggle with trying to go for a three-peat in the division. But I still think that they're going to put up a lot of points. I still think they're going to put up a lot of wins. Uh, and I think they'll still be a top five team in the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done. And Ty Nelson is still there, right? That's that. Well, that's it, right? Ty Nelson's back from Seattle camp now. So uh, when you have arguably now that Brant Clark and Minchikov are gone, when you have arguably the best offensive defenseman in the league, how can you go wrong, right? Courtney, any new faces, new names that OHL fans should know in North Bay? Uh, well, Carter Kostich really has the uh, North Bay Battalion brass excited. Um, he was the first round pick this past year. Uh, of course, Iggy Pazzi, the uh, the import pick as well. He didn't really get into much uh, preseason action do- dealing with an injury, but he did play in the last game against Owen Sound. He's got people excited too. I think people look at import and think, oh, we got another Matt Bay Petrov coming, but it's it, that's going to be a little bit tough to get to that level at his age and in his first go around, of course. But um I also uh, been watching Steph Forgione as well. He's a free agent pick. He played with the Mississauga Steelheads a couple of years ago, but uh, he might be a sneaky good pickup for the troops moving down the road. Looking forward to the season. Courtney, thanks for the time. No, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to say go troops go and looking forward to the season as well. Courtney Kenny on the North Bay Battalion as we preview their season. Let's move to Mississauga. Think about Mississauga last year. All of those young players that they acquired in trades. 16 years of age, high-end draft picks. Now they're 17. Maybe do we see something from Mississauga this year that you don't expect? Do they become two years early? The voice of the Mississauga Steelheads is Mike Carafalitas. Here's Mike on the Steelheads. Well, I'll tell you, like, you know, you, you just said it right there. I mean, when the trades were made last year for uh, for those guys and everybody's around, you know, around us as the broadcasters are like, whoa, like, what's going on here? And like, you know, who are these guys? Yeah, they're high in talent and, and whatnot. But uh, how about 
how about Porter Martone? I mean, the guy, uh, he just won a, he just won a gold medal medal in the under 18 in the summertime. Right. And he, this is a guy who's just getting better and better. And he really, really shined in the second half of the year. And Angus McDonnell is just a pure goal scorer. Another guy that just came over from the, from the Sarnia thing and that, and those big deals for Luca Del Bell Belus and, uh, Ethan Del Mastro, uh, a pure leader out there as well. Um, man, yeah. So this Steelheads team is, is, is young. But the one thing about this team, they're high end young players as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, good young goaltending talent with Ivankovic, uh, and, uh, Ryerson Leanders. Uh, back on the back end, Finn Harding, Parker Von Richter, Liam Spencer, Stevie Lescobar. This team, in my opinion, in my opinion, this team probably can go as far as they want to go, as far as James Richmond will take them. Uh, James Richmond's a great leader back there. He's a great uh, motivator, and he's a he's a great guy to get the team um, in the right direction, uh, progressing them all the time. Uh, it's just high young talent. I expect them to be kind of the middle of the pack, maybe in the first half of the season. But then in the second half of the season, I expect them to really, really make a run. And uh, look out for this young steel edge team. They're fast. Uh, it's going to be a leadership probably by committee as well. I mean, you're losing guys like James Hardy, Charlie Callahan, and Casper uh, Larson who have moved on. But, uh, you know, look for guys like Luke Misa to step up this year. Um, you know, brother of Michael Misa, of course, on the Saginaw Spirit. Luke, this is Luke Misa's um, uh, draft year this year. So he's really the, uh, really looking to make a, make a statement this year, that's for sure. So uh, look for him to make a statement this year. I mean, Jack Van Volsen looked good as well. Uh, Adam Zidlicki looked really good in the preseason for the Mississauga Steelheads. So uh, back in defense, too. I mean, Chad Sharp, he's probably your probably in my opinion is probably going to be your captain your overager uh a guy that they picked up which i really like is ryan del monte actually the former london knight um he was a guy that has a lot of experience uh the one thing that you know i'm hoping that he stays healthy when when he stays healthy he's a really really good dynamic player and he's a good guy uh to teach the young guys as well another guy they just picked up is uh mark boudreau who could play uh both uh both ways he's really really good at the 200 foot game uh, really good on the really good on the face-offs, and he's a good penalty killer. So they've got a little bit of everything for this young Steelheads team. So look for them to really, really make a run in the second half of the year when they get more comfortable uh, with each other. It is a young team, a lot of 17, 18-year-olds, but there are some 19, 20-year-olds. Andavecchia, there's another guy, uh, you know, from nearby Bridgetown, Ontario, down your way, right? So uh, look for him to score more goals this year so um yeah it's it's going to be a good year for the steelheads so it, it, there'll be some bumps of course because it, they are a young team but i expect them to uh finish in top uh at least top four in the eastern conference the future is incredibly bright for that organization mike thank you so much for the great preview no problem mike thanks for having me on and uh good luck to the london Knights this year mike caravalitas voice of the mississauga steelheads Last team up is the first team up for the London Knights in our Central Division preview. Ted Lehman is the voice of the Niagara Ice Dogs. The Knights will open the season home and home against Niagara, and we had a chance to talk with Ted Lehman. Well, if you, if you can forgive me and indulge me for just a sec, Mike, and, and, and thanks for the offer to be here. I, I want to take something back because we did the same thing last year, but not in this close proximity. I, I want to let all Knights fans know that all Ice Dogs fans, 
were 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 there with you in spirit with the passing of Abakar Kazbekov last year. And I, I know what life was like for you back then. I know you're doing this, but I know you as a husband and a dad. And, and I, I want to put it on the record that uh, that day is one that is going to stick in my mind, even though it wasn't even an Ice Dogs player. No, it, it was a very difficult time for the organization, for sure. So, Ted, thank you very much for that sentiment. When we look ahead at 2023-2024, in terms of the Niagara Ice Dogs, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the fact that a lot of players had to cut their teeth last year. So we actually came in this year, and right away, in record time, they signed their top four draft picks, all of which are on the roster. Will be they be in the lineup? Not exactly sure. Will they play at different levels? Probably top six, bottom four, those kind of things. So there is a, a returnee factor that hasn't happened in a couple of years, albeit a team that didn't have the success it wanted last year. But you've got all through training camp in Ryan Kuabara, stable coaching staff, and they almost didn't have a training camp. They almost had a coaching clinic from Labor Day with the same players in place on a regular basis, doing nothing but getting ready for for starters, first two games with the London Knights. Ted, there are a lot of local connections to the Niagara Ice Dogs, whether it's former London Knights or the second overall pick in the OHL priority selection in Ryan Robrook. Maybe we start with Ryan and how he is doing very early on through the preseason and getting ready for his first season in the OHL. For a split second, split second, I thought the OHL was the NFL and they were so brilliant, they booked these two games right off the top. So Ryan Robrick could play in his hometown in his first game and play his first home game against the former hometown. I know they didn't do that. So <laughs> Ryan Robrick, and I'll give you one thing that kind of illustrates, we heard pro-style shot. First exhibition game against Peterborough, he didn't even score. He snapped one from about 25 feet out near a face-off circle, and there was an audible Oh, for those in attendance, because uh, it is it, it is that kind of release. It's that kind of shot. Now, like you, we've been going through this for years. What's the number one thing for a 16-year-old? It's learning on the fly. You are clearly the best player on the ice the year before. Now you're dealing with experienced players, and you have to learn and learn and learn. The coaching staff has done an incredible job. Uh, really great young guy, very quiet young guy in kind of fostering the knowledge that goes with all the ability in the world that's in there. And again, the Ice Dogs get blessed on this one because he's a late birthday. So they're really guaranteed three years of Ryan Robrick. And I guess, Ted, finally, you look at the acquisitions of Matthew Paris and Connor Federkow and Ryan Humphrey. How are they fitting in? Well, i got to tell you, uh, two things that struck me. Uh, I discovered that uh, it's actually pronounced Federko, uh, and he imparted that to me. Uh, then we get into the fact that when, when Ryan Humphrey uh, came up and introduced himself, he said, hey, Ted, I want to say hi, I'm Ryan Humphrey. And I looked at him and said, do you know how hard it's going to be to cheer for you? <laughs> Um, after these years, whether it's last year in London or that time with geographic rivalry in Hamilton, smiled, great young guy, great personality, and I don't think it would shock anybody there that the first thing they did was they put Ryan Humphrey, the overager, on a line with Ryan Robrick. So 
all of the players, going back to Owen Flores, who was, uh, you know, just an amazing acquisition last year, what he did for this team. Uh, again, as, as things didn't work out for the Ice Dogs, it wasn't because of Owen Flores, because the man was, was superhuman a year ago. And, and even talking about Matthew Paris, it's a different kind of environment because they're going to get an opportunity that the Hunter clan couldn't give them in London. Ted, really appreciate the time. We'll see what happens as number one and number two on the schedule get going this weekend. Well, I couldn't believe it when I saw we're facing the number two team back-to-back. So somebody also has a sense of humor upstairs. Mike, thanks for the time, and I look forward to it. Ted Lehman, voice of the Niagara Ice Dogs, first opponent for the London Knights. So a lot of... London connections on the team, former London Knights, and as Ted says, some returners that they now look to build on and build with. And that does it for all of our previews. Please go back and listen to any of the other division previews, East, West, Midwest. The London Knights next up will play the Niagara Ice Dogs in a game that counts for two points as it comes up on September 29th. Don't forget about Fan Fest. It's free. It lasts between 5 and 7. You don't need a game ticket to go to it. And we will have the broadcast on 980CFPL and at 980CFPL.ca beginning at 6.30 with the pregame show. The 2023-2024 Ontario Hockey League season is here. Enjoy it.